All right, all right, all right. Sorry that took a second. But it is another day. Let's see. It is January 26th. I can never keep track of the day. Today is a Thursday, and it is a great day. If you want to know why, it is because we are about to send Bitcoin. We're about to manifest 30K. We're going to manifest the guide candle, whether it happens today, tomorrow, sometime soon. This is going to kick it off because I don't know if you're familiar with these spaces or not. Anytime I host these, Bitcoin goes up during the space, at least. You know, yesterday I should have kept the space going all day because literally as soon as I ended it, Bitcoin ended up dumping back down. But during the space itself, we saw a nice squeeze. And I think the next time that we get that, it's going to be a solid follow through. Um, Before I go any further, if anybody wants to come up, join the conversation today, hit that request button. I will bring you guys up here in just a little bit and join the conversation uh, before we go any further, I want to start off the space with giving a shout out to my partner um, for today. It's So Rare NBA. For anyone unfamiliar with the platform, they're basically a combination of fantasy sports and NFTs. So I've grown up a huge basketball fan, always have loved fantasy sports, and obviously being involved with crypto and NFTs, I love collecting. Um, if you're looking to try it out for the first time, their common game is free to play for anyone interested. Uh, you can check out an example of one of those lineups for the common champion series that I submitted for this week that I pinned above. Um, you can also sign up there. There are also different tiers of cards with varying rarities in the uh, more advanced leagues. So I'm hyped because AD is finally back, which means I can finally use him for the first time. My limited lineup um, since I picked him up in December. With all that said, Let's go ahead, jump into the conversation you've all been waiting for, and let's manifest. <laughs> um, let's manifest the bullish price action. Jack, how are you doing today, sir? Dude, I am doing great, and uh, glad to be here. Glad that that you know we could share this bullishness. Finally, we're on the same side of the trade. It's been too long. This is exciting. You know, the charts are screaming that uh, I think we're going to be looking upward, that the momentum is up, that dips are for buying and rips are not for selling or fading anymore. And that's just a really, really comfortable place to be. And shout out to everybody in the chat. If, you, if, you know, if you've survived the last year of downtrend, there's a really good chance the worst of the bear market is behind you. And, and we don't know that 100%, right? And who knows what the future holds. But that's the reality. You could have made it through it already. And, and like, what if the bear market's behind us, uh, the bear market bottom anyway? So I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you. And for those of you who don't know Jack, make sure you give him a follow. Um, you know, I, I really respect him. And, you know, he also has Twitch streams that he does just about every day where he covers TA, breaks down the market, um, you know, Great if you're into the TA side of things. And even if you're not into the TA side of things, you know, I, I think sometimes it's interesting to be able to just dive in, get a little bit of a different perspective, broader view of the market. And uh, yeah, so make sure to give him a follow, a uh, longtime guest of these spaces. So yeah, man, you know, I, I, I'm excited that you're finally on the same page as well. I've been waiting for that confluence. Um, you know, as a background, there was a while where Jack and I, the past few months, have been back and forth on bullishness, bearishness, etc. It's been a minute since I've done one of the trading-specific spaces and had the chance to have Jack up here. So, Jack, just as a background for everybody here, you mind sharing kind of what it was that helped you flip bullish, kind of where that happened? I know it happened a little while ago, but just, you know, context for the situation for how you got to where you are right now. 
Yeah, sure thing, man. Um, okay, so the, I'm a big cycle believer, and like everything kind of started with that. So when when Bitcoin hit its top, and the in the from a charts perspective, you know this is back around 60k. It became really clear that hey, we've probably topped. And from there, it was just a waiting game uh, for for over a year. Now, what's really interesting is over the last, call it 200 days, um, so this is really from like September up to present, the charts showed what's known as a falling wedge. Uh, and, and if anybody's interested, like visually what it is, it's in my, it's my pinned tweet right now because it's so important. Um, and that falling wedge has a lot of implications. Many bear markets have ended with falling wedges, not necessarily in Bitcoin, but, but in other assets. Like it's a thing and take it seriously. And the bigger and the more time that that particular pattern takes to, to, to flesh out, uh, the more likely it is to be real and not to be a fake out. So in this instance, it was 220 days of a falling wedge only. So this is, this is aside from the downtrend leading into it where we just effectively went sideways and then we broke out really it, the, the, the first of January was the start of the uptrend, but it wasn't until like January 10th or 11th or 12th before we actually broke out of the downtrend lines within that, that falling wedge. So from a TA perspective, that is the time where you flip the light switch from risk off to risk on, at least in my perspective for Bitcoin specifically and you hop on board. And, and what's interesting is a lot of people in the market kind of agreed with that uh, because across the board, things kind of rallied. This is where you had your you know, APT rally in Seoul and so on and so forth. This is kind of where everything collectively rallied because uh, this is really like a, a canary in the coal mine of risk on uh, and potentially the bottom of a bear market. Because you know, one last thing, the, the last two bear market bottoms you know, one lasted about 120 days back in 20, call it 2019. And then the one prior to that was like 200 days. And here, like I was saying, this pattern was 220 days. I mean, it's right in line with what we what we would want to see. 80 uh, percent downtrend, alts are down 95 percent, 90 to 95 percent. So if this checked literally every box I'd want to see. And then once it broke out, there you go. That's that was where my excitement came from. I love it, man. You know, I, I'm curious what you think to kind of the comparison right now. So what I've always followed, what I've talked about in these spaces for the past several months, I mean, realistically, since this summer, right, is comparing this base range that we're in right now to the base range that we were in, in, you know, the, I guess, fall slash early winter of 2019, you know, fall of 2018, early winter of 2019, you know, that three to four or three. 3,600 to 4, 4K, 4,100 range right there, where it spent, you know, six plus months accumulating in that base range before it ended up having a high time frame um, breakout of that logarithmic. Don't know what the last thing that you guys heard is. Um, but yeah, you know, if you look at it, clean high time frame breakout, Similar to that, out of this base range where I think we've been, you know, incredibly oversold. So I think that there's a potential, you know, if the setup, and it's also at a very similar point of the happening cycle as well. And like you said, Jack, I'm a huge believer in cycles. And this was the big, you know, green flag that I've been waiting for as far as the moment of, you know, holy shit, like we are about to send. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, there's a lot of confluence between what we're seeing now and what happened in 2019. Uh, I pinned the, it's really the reply to my pin tweet, but I, I put another tweet up in the nest. 
Uh, and what this is, is it, it, assuming things behave like it did in 2019, which is a bit of a coin flip, right? And, and, and I admit that. But markets like to, to rhyme with things they've done in the past. And if it does, we really have two northward targets. Now, these are targets we've had since the breakout, so since 18K or so, um, and nothing's changed with them. The first target's right about 24,000. The second target's about 33,000. Um, what would make a lot of sense to me is if we go all the way up to the 33 right now, and then for the rest of the year, sell back into the 24 and prove 24 as like a support leading into next year. The having is next year, you know, call it December of this year, January next year, um, where things start to kind of rally off the floor. So it makes a lot of sense to me uh, that that maybe we explode up and then we pull back. Uh, worst case scenario here is if we find ourselves back below 18K or so. If I, and nobody even wants to think about that, I know, but you just got to, as far as risk management goes, you just got to have the conversation. If we find ourselves there, then I think everything is topsy-turvy and Vegas odds are for much, much lower. But for now, we can't even trade like that. Like we, our eyes have to be up. Okay. I want you to check out the uh, tweet that I just pinned above too. So I, I put that out earlier. That's a comparison of just the general structure that followed the next few days after that high time frame breakout that I was talking about in 2019, where we were then versus where we are now. I think, you know, it wasn't one of those things where it was an immediate impulse move. You saw several days of accumulation above that, um, you know, above that breakout, above support, where it slowly was just grinding higher, slowly grinding higher before it just ended up melting faces with 20% you know, basically a 20% send in less than two hours. Like, I don't know if you remember that day. I remember it so clearly just watching, just watching, you know, the liquidation cascade of the shorts just continue to pile up and just every, like if you were trying to submit an order, the slippage on that candle was so ridiculous that like, I, I don't even know if you could get in. Right. Yeah, but yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I remember um, I did watch that happen because a buddy of mine, uh, he and I were arguing who had the better entry. And I think my entries during that bear market bottom were like 4,100 and his were like 4,500. And we were, you know, we were arguing like, oh man. And, and we were like really upset. And then all of a sudden it just face melts up to whatever it was like 7,000, 8,000. All of a sudden it didn't matter, you know, who got the, the exact bottom entry. We we're all just like standing in awe of it. But um, yeah, one other thing to point out with that breakout, and, and I, I had a whole segment in my last stream over this, but a lot of people get left on the sidelines because they're so used to their momentum indicators, like a daily RSI or a MACD or whatever. They're waiting for that reset. And it, I, I went through like tick by tick um, through that breakout of 2019, you know, where it went north and showed out if you did that, you would have been left behind. And even if you played it perfectly, like you knew exactly where the RSI would roll over on the daily or whatever. So you, number one, you had to have a crystal ball. But number two, if you did, if you even attempted to do that with a crystal ball, there would be moves where you missed 15 to 20% of the move. And that's assuming you don't get chopped up or whatever. So, it, you know, going back to your point, in my opinion, this is the time to grab along, hold on to it, and not try to get too cute, or or if you're sidelined, you know maybe start your DCA or whatever, because the market has proven time and time again that around this point of the cycle, you're going to get either chopped up or left behind uh, if you if you play games, if you screw around. Yes, sir. Okay, man. Another one I want you to check out up here. 
check out the last one that I just pinned. One of my favorite chart comparisons to look at is Bitcoin versus NASDAQ. Dude, to me, it like that has always been such a clear trigger. And again, looking at these triggers and these trends, you know, it's one of those things every single time you've had this, you know, super high time frame, um, bearish resistance that's been broken out of, you've seen a major, you know, a, a solid rally that's resulted from it. And, you know, you can look at it and, and like, I don't think it's up for debate that the structure right now is incredibly similar to every one of those other lines that I ended up drawing with the, the move that, um, you know, the moves that resulted from those breakouts. So I think it's one of those things, again, looking at it, it's not just, and, you know, I'm bullish on equities. Like if you looked at equities today, they had a solid day, you know, we're breaking a lot of major resistance levels that were pretty key for us, pretty pivotal after um, the GDP announcement this morning. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin's kind of lagged a little bit. It's kind of just sat there a little bit silent. But again, if you look at the overall trend of it, it has broken out versus equity. So if equities are going higher and Bitcoin is going to outpace equities, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I think one of the number one, I've never seen a chart like this where it's Bitcoin versus NASDAQ. I think that's a really cool thing to look at. Um, so so kudos for even you know coming up with that or looking at that. That's really cool. Um, the other thing I was going to point out, too, is a lot of people kind of dismiss or, or overlook uh, or don't talk about enough, I guess, the the sell candle that we had on the daily when all the FTX stuff went down. Um, if, if all you do is you if you pull up a chart and I guess this was like November 8th or 9th or the combination of the two. But if you just pull up where you can see volume and zoom out, there are very few times like ever where we've seen sell volume like that. And Bitcoin only fell five grand during that time, uh, which was like a 20 percent drop or 25 percent. I mean, it's a lot. Right. Don't get me wrong. Don't, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. But. The, the takeaway here is all those sellers are underwater, so to speak, whether they shorted or sold every one of them, that candle started at about $20,000 and here we are at 23. So they're already 15% behind if they're trying to buy their way back. Um, so from a market, you know, technical perspective, the fact that the markets relative with relative ease found its way back above that selling point um, where there was like this S class God tier red candle that's really bullish to me on the macro, like really bullish. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this and I want to hear, you know, please come at me if you have to. But gun to my head, if I had to choose right now, yes or no, I, I don't think Bitcoin ever trades beneath 20K again. Uh, I mean, it could be. It could be. It, like what's wild is you remember back during the COVID stuff, how all the markets broke down and, and things you know, it was like a 50% drop in a day and, and who like BitMEX had to step in and turn their engines off. So barring some kind of horrific event like that, you, you may be right, um, at least not until the subsequent bear market, because God knows between now and then. Right. Uh, but I think at this point in time, it, it's like you're, you're like I was saying earlier, your eyes need to be up and it's a really good time to be you know, continuing to DCA. Well, it's kind of like what you were talking about with your friend and your entry points where you guys were kind of flexing, oh, 41 versus 45. And like, you know, I remember some people at that point in time were still looking there and they were saying, hey, you know, like, 
Well, I, I guess before the breakout, before the breakout happened, when we like the thing that people don't understand, forty one hundred to four thousand, like you know, that was still a pretty decent move at that time after not really having much happen. Um, you know, I'm looking at it. I guess it went all the way up to forty two before it really started to squeeze, and we got that God candle back in 2019. But there were a lot of people that I remember that you know they had six plus months under four K to be able to stack and to be able to consolidate, you know, they had all the way from November of 18 through April of 19. Right. So they had that entire period beneath there to be able to stack. But I still remember seeing a lot of posts when it finally broke above 4k where there, you know, people were saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to wait for that dip. You know, I like everything now. I think it's bullish, but I'm going to wait for one last pullback beneath 4k before I go long. Right. Like I'm going to look for that entry. And they were left sidelined, you know, the rest of, you know, basically eternity, unless uh, I guess they still had those bids set during the COVID wick, which I think was an anomaly in and of itself. Um, and, you know, the chart kind of showed that with the way that it veed back up. But they were left on the sidelines forever. And I think that we may have something similar result here with this. If we really do get a God candle out of this, and it is a squeeze where it's basically directly to 30K, Right. Like everybody that was waiting there for those 20K bits, they're not ever going to get them filled, right? You know, unless we have another COVID type situation, that like somehow on the distribution side, you know, after distribution's done, we retrace because I don't think we're going to go to all time highs here. I think we're going 40 to 50K, somewhere in that range, distribute for a few months, break back down, retest, you know, high 20s, low 30s um, by the end of the year. That's kind of my thought process or maybe early next year. Uh, before the having, but you know, like point being, I, I don't really think that we're ever going to get the opportunity because I think we are so oversold by this liquidation cascade that we've had this slow drawn out liquidation cascade starting from Luna, you know, the Luna collapse, you know, then with three AC Celsius Voyager FTX, etc. I mean, I just think that it gave an opportunity for anybody with conviction to be able to, you know, get an entry of a lifetime. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and there's a couple, like, I'm not a big, like fundamentals guy, but there's a couple fundamentals thing that are worth considering that occurred at the end of the, at the end of the year. Um, I guess before I even say what those are, you got anybody who's listening, you got to understand markets are like, they're basically springs, right? They, they, they coil and then they expand. They, you know, you, you push into the ground and it pops up like a Jack in the box and that goes both directions up and down. Right. So there's, there's all kinds of like you can pin pin up energy, pin up the energy, and then it'll it'll pop one way or another. Um, at the end of the year, we saw so much sell pressure with very little, you know, as far as by comparison, the volume was substantial, but but there was not a lot of new lows. It wasn't substantial new lows. We didn't go to 12k, 10k, you know, um, which you would think would happen with that amount of that that amount of sell pressure. So number one, you had all these horrific. Uh, these these news driven events like liquidations and bankruptcies and and not news where it like scared retail but news events like it was it was substantial and it was real it wasn't like some BS thing uh, all these all these um, uh, bankruptcies and such but the other thing that that happened that really people don't talk a lot about is when you compare the start of twenty two uh, of tw like I guess let's back up if you compare the start of twenty twenty and 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 all the way to the end of twenty twenty two. The the percent that like Bitcoin and some of these alts were up by comparison 
is still so much higher than the traditional markets that some of the biggest guys in the rooms were also selling to offset their losses. They're like, hey, you know what? I know crypto's down 70%, but I'm still up 50% on this particular entry. I'm going to sell take profit and to my investors brag about how, you know, my the net across my portfolio because my my traditional market stuff is in the gutter. But hey, look, I offset it with a 50% gain here. It could have been 500%, but you know, whatever, we'll take it. So there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on at the end of the year. And to me, that is the spring being compressed. Um, you know, the, the guy turning the handle of the jack in the box. And here at the start of, of January of this year, it's every it's it's the the counter to that. It's everything popping out of that. Well, you know, the leverage is shaken out, right? Like at the end of the day, the leverage was effectively shaken out. So with that process, you know, maybe everything was a little bit overextended on the upside due to the leverage. But I think same thing can be said on the downside, right? Where I think the, the sell-off was also um, a bit bit overextended as well. So, you know, you're looking at that. And I, I really think that all the conditions are in place to where we really can get one of these solid, solid runs. Um, and I, you know, I'm under the opinion still that we get it soon. I need to go back. I'm going to find the roadmap that I shared in the summer. Um, and, you know, because all this stuff is basically what, what I've been waiting for for so long, which is why I'm so freaking excited. I pinned it up there. You know, I did it back in July, right? So if you look at that roadmap, you know, there's, there's a whole thread, but you can even just zoom in with the fractal. Didn't expect anything crazy. Um, you know, for there, basically I said, most likely path from here is seeing a base range between 16 and 30 K established. Um, what eventually resolves around December when price finally breaks above the high time frame diagonal resistance. So I think that it might have had a shot of already breaking out in December if it weren't for FTX. So, you know, FTX happens, price drops a little bit lower. That pushes out the breakout here to January instead of December. But, you know, off by a few weeks from something that was posted five, six months ago, like not too bad. Um, and then expecting a few months of rapid overhyped growth in early 2023 which does not result in a new all-time high. Capping out somewhere, I said in the 50s, makes more sense. So I, I think 40s to 50, you know, 40 to 50, probably more realistic, somewhere in there. Uh, but this growth should have an associated, ah, I disagree with this now. I said this growth should have an associated mini alt season. If anything, I think we already saw that with alts right now, everything in this rise up after the breakout. So I think, you know, I think alts basically retrace from here. Um, as far as, you know, relative to Bitcoin strength, Bitcoin is just dominating right now. Um, and then, yeah, basically next 18 months or so past that through March of 2024, 20, which is the next halving defined by a crab market staying above the high time frame logarithmic support. So basically that's where I'm getting the, okay, you know, we could potentially after a few months of distribution end up sinking back into, you know, the high 20s, low 30s. Um, but you know, no new all-time highs until late 2024, early 2025, somewhere in there. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, historically speaking, you need a, a Bitcoin having to be, to act as kind of like a market-wide catalyst. And then about a year later, you know, you have your you know, year, year and a half, you have your all-time high. Like, and that's, that's just kind of been the formula for the last four cycles or however many there's three or four cycles. So I think that's perfectly reasonable. Uh, one thing I did want to comment on, and, and this will probably blow your socks off, is 
if we, you know how I'm using these pivots, right? And the pivot line itself is another way to think of that is it's like math determining where kind of a fair market value is. So for Bitcoin right now, that the pivot itself is 25K, right? And here, or sorry, 24K. And here we find ourselves at 23. I think we've hit 23A. So I, we're basically at what is kind of quote fair market value. If you look, if, if you use that same uh, uh, indicator, the pivots, and you look at alts across the board, there's another 50 to 100 to 200% to go, like across the board. So not saying this is going to happen right away, but I think there's a really interesting setup uh, where imagine, let's say Bitcoin finishes its run to 30, 40K, whatever it is, right? And then it just goes sideways uh, and distributes. Well, there's a thing that usually happens where capital flows from like dollars to Bitcoin, Bitcoin hits its target and goes sideways. Capital then goes from Bitcoin to alts, alts, there's a little alt season, and then capital flows out of alts back to dollars and, and kind of everything sells off simultaneously. So I think it would be super interesting if we get up to say 33, 35K, and then we have a nasty alt season that kind of blows everybody's socks off. So that's what I'm watching for personally. I mean, I would love that, man. I just, you know, I'm looking at it. So the closest thing that I can see that was similar to that back in 2019, after Bitcoin kind of had the initial breakout, you know, it had that first flag kind of in the five to 5,600 area before it started breaking out again. And you saw some alts start to run again there. But this is after, you know, during that God candle wick, Bitcoin absorbed the liquidity from everything, right? So I think that still happens in line with what you said. And I guess maybe in there, say that we do a slow grind from like, you know, maybe 28 to 33, 30 to 33, somewhere in there. Maybe there's a little mini alt season. But even back in 2019, you know, when you're looking at it from like, it was from the 13th of May through the, you know, the 10th of June that alts were bullish versus BTC. Then basically alts were not bullish versus BTC until September, which, you know, if you look at the chart, what happened in September of 2019, you know, Bitcoin had topped out, right? So the, the market had already topped out and like that was where everything started to tank again in terms of USD value. So alt started to catch up again, but it wasn't until Bitcoin showed extreme weakness. So I like, and if you look at that Bitcoin dominance chart, now there are a lot of people that laugh at the Bitcoin dominance chart, but at the end of the day, why would you laugh at it? It's basically just an aggregate of all the other alt BTC pairs weighted, right? You know, so like, and the majority of that is compromised by ETH. And if you're looking at ETH BTC, I probably need to pin that up as well. ETH BTC is right now at a major high time frame support. I don't think that it survives this God candle if we get it, right? I think that, you know, ends up dumping down with it. So, you know, ETH USD will still climb, right? Like I'm not saying it won't go up, but it just won't have the same move relative to Bitcoin. So I'm curious, what do you, you know, what do you make of the Bitcoin dominance chart? Do you look at any of these alt pairs like, What's your take right now on that outside of, you know, kind of the, I, I guess, those pivots that you were, you were uh, referring to a little bit ago? Um, so I agree with, with the majority of everything you just said. I, I am a huge fan of Bitcoin dominance. I know a lot of people sleep on it. Um, I, I personally am a, am a big fan of it because it's a, it's a way to just very easily see a trend 
of is capital flowing into Bitcoin or is it flowing into alts? You know, so you kind of have to know if you're in an uptrend first and foremost before you it, this is kind of like a, a, a second step for me. But yeah, like right now, OK, we're in a the bias is up after breaking up from the rising or from the falling wedge. Excuse me. The buy the macro bias is now up. OK, number two, let's look at Bitcoin dominance. Should my capital be in Bitcoin or alts? Well, dominance is trending up. Therefore, the majority of my capital should be in Bitcoin. And I, like you were saying, I really don't see that changing. Um, and I, when I was talking about earlier about like an alt season, I, I suspect that will correlate with Bitcoin dominance topping out wherever that is. It could be exactly where you have it on the chart, you know, a little higher, a little lower, whatever. But I think we'll know when we see it. Usually it's like pretty aggressive rotations um, and, and it's like popcorn popping off. You might not catch the first few kernels, but it, the first few alts that are that are firing off. But there may be a few, you know, a handful or another 20 or whatever right behind it. So hopefully you get a little bit of a heads up uh, as, as things start popping off. So I, to answer your question, I like Bitcoin dominance and I'm a big fan of it. And I think you're you're bang on to have your attention on that. So, you know, I I am curious, like each during that last cycle, right, there were a couple outperformers. Um, one that I'm thinking off, you know, the top of my head was BNB. It was one of the few coins that actually did outpace while Bitcoin was climbing. You know, the, the BTC pair for BNB was actually bullish, which, like I said, there just weren't many that were bullish versus BTC back then. Um, do you see any alts potentially kind of having that BNB type of run? Um, throughout this breakout, you know, do you think there's anything that goes, you know, kind of counter to the rest of the market? You know, I haven't seen anything that really stands out. Obviously, there's been a handful of them that have just melted faces recently, APT and a few others. But the the whole story behind BNB, the size of its market cap, the, the way it's implemented in an exchange, the likelihood that the exchange itself was was rotating its own Bitcoin into BNB as a way to kind of like hedge in a bear market. I mean, I just don't see another coin out there that really checks all those those uh, boxes simultaneously. So I I don't think that I, I really don't think that one thing will be able to outperform like BNB did. Um, one quick note about that is you know BNB on the Bitcoin pair moonshot, and if you look at the chart and and. That is a sure sign of a bear market, right? There's there's a big breakout. It's going north, and and most at least historically speaking, BNB outperforms Bitcoin during a bear market. Well, you'll notice that there's a particular day where it it pico tops, right? It, it like big crazy wick to the upside. It was like a thirty percent day or twenty percent day, whatever it was. That was literally right around the time of the. Um, the FTX debacle, which is the same time that that Bitcoin had the big sell-off candle, the big God tier S class uh, uh, red candle, right for sell volume, and so I think it's very interesting that in hindsight, the the Bitcoin chart is saying, hey, that's probably the bottom because we're probably not, we probably ran out of sellers, you know, with that intensity, and simultaneously BNB on the Bitcoin pair topped, like literally around the, in the same week, um, so those were two independent signs or indicators that were saying, hey, we've, we're probably at the bear market bottom, uh, but, you know, keep your eyes peeled. We need more confirmation and trends, et cetera, et cetera. But, but these are two big data points that I was watching for, and they both triggered. Super interesting. No, it has been. Yeah. I, okay. So going back on that, I'm curious, what do you, you know, what do you think APT does from here in the face of Bitcoin strength? 
You know, uh, Aptos for anybody unfamiliar with that acronym in the crowd. Yeah. So I actually, I did some TA on this for the first time, actually yesterday. Um, So this is, this is very like a juvenile way of doing things, but I I came at it in a number of ways. I showed fib extensions. uh, I showed where the the prior all-time high was from the, the launch, like the wick that occurred on several exchanges from the actual launch itself. And that wick was the Pico top of that wick is like $22. Um, there's a number of, of ways to come up with other targets at around like 19 to 20. So to me, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to expect more than, you know, for price to have gotten to between that 19 to, to $21 range. Um, if it does, it's just, it's just beyond, you know, the scope of TA and it's kind of more of a gamble than, than analysis. Um, and, and kind of on that note, you know, what I want to see from a lot of these alts that have had really nice runoffs is eventually later in the year, maybe it's not now, maybe it's in, you know, like sell in May and walk away. Maybe that's when everything cools off or whatever. But whenever it occurs later in this year, I need to see uh, like macro support, macro structure across the board from these alts, like the real ones, the ones that are going to be face melters this next bull run. Because uh, even though it's exciting to see a lot of things go up right now, people tend to forget that the V bottoms are, are the exception. They're not the rule. So, you know, W bottoms, double bottoms, Wyckoff accumulation, like these things are real. These, these stand the test of time and, and, and check the box for face melters in 2025. Uh, but until we, until we see that, I, I just don't have a lot, you know, for like APT or Soul or whatever it is, I can't really pin, put a pin in any of these individually and say, yes, this one's going to run, this one right here. I don't have enough information yet. No, I respect that. And, you know, I'm kind of in the, a, a similar boat where it's I, I'm, I'm expecting there could be something out there. Right. You know, maybe it's Lido with the strength it's had. I mean, who knows? Maybe somehow APT and that do continue. I personally, I'm, I'm under the belief that APT sells off um, into the Bitcoin strength. And there are a lot of people there that are going to be late longs that are going to be stuck in those positions watching Bitcoin rip. But I think it's the same way with alts across the board, obviously, with what I've just you know said. Um, so I'm curious right now, going back to Bitcoin, if you're looking, you know, you're sidelined and you're looking for a position, um, what are you looking for to trigger an entry right now? Well, I always say give yourself some kind of edge, no matter what it is. Um, it could be it could be big or small, right? So like a, a big edge might be. Uh, turn on a moving average on the daily candles. So call it a 20-day moving average, maybe a 50, whatever. It, it's going to have to be pretty pretty uh, steepish. You're not going to get like a 200-day retest, but maybe you get a maybe a 20-day. Um, more than likely, you're going to you're going to have to to zoom in a little bit and do something like four-hour candles and a 20 a, a 20 candle EMA, like a 20 EMA on a four-hour. That's more in line with say like how 2019 behaved when it broke out kind of the only retest you got was something like that. Uh, the, the four hour, you know, 20 EMA from there, you know, it's, it's just up to you. Maybe, maybe you draw, you zoom in on the one hours and you give yourself a, a downtrend that that price seems to be respecting. And suddenly you see it broke out, you know, right now we're, we're teasing doing something just like that on, on the one hour charts. Uh, there's a, actually a really nice channel going on on the one hour if you if you uh, have log turned on. 
and we've broken out of a downtrend recently and retested as support. I think you have you've had a couple of charts uh, that that basically showed the same thing. You know, there's all kinds of, of ways to give yourself a little edge. And that's the only thing I would I would tell you. Now, the other thing I like to point out is I'm a big fan of having really two stacks of capital. One is your your perma hold Bitcoin. You're DCAing with it. You're not really playing any games. You're just trying to get it in. You're just trying to deploy it. And then the other side is the trade stack. Uh, but a lot of people will combine both of those stacks as one and, you know, yellow 50x long and then and then lose it all before the bull markets even started. And that's the worst thing you could possibly do. All you're trying to do is get your money in the market and survive from now till December 2025. Like that's the game. And if you if you play too many games and lose it all between now and then, you've lost and you're not going to be here in 10 years. Oh, I, I agree, man. And, you know, I mean, my take right now is, I mean, I've shared where I think we are, right? And if you look at, like, what the percent between the base and the top of this range that we've been in right now on the breakout is, you know, it's like, let me look at this. So I need to see. I, I mean, it's not more than a couple percent, right? You know, like 4% within this range. Yeah, you know, base of 20 two, three, you know, highs right now, 23.3. So I personally think that it's a buy anywhere in there, um, you know, because if you're looking at the upside versus the downside of this, you know, like, I mean, maybe you set your stops down at 22K at or here. Um, but I, I think the upside is so much higher than the downside that it's just not worth the risk of being sidelined. Yeah, you nailed it. The worst thing you could see happen is you're you're you know you're bragging to your friends, oh I'm short, or no, this is a this is a stupid rally. It's there's no way it continues. And then next thing you know, it's it's the God candle we're all sitting here waiting on, right? And and we're we're like north of thirty in a blink, and and now you're the joke of your friend group because you didn't even you have no exposure. So. Uh, you know, on that note, I would recommend a lot of people stop thinking of this like 100% in, 100% out. You know, we just fell from 70K and here we are looking at 23K. And there's a lot of people that are like, nah, nah, you know, it'll, it, well, I'll wait for it's another 50% lower. And okay, maybe you get it from some black swan thing or whatever. But, you know, the market just, just gave you a 200 day sign and broke out. You, you better mm-hmm. be listening. Oh, I, I agree, man. But I do want to harp on one other thing. As much as I believe that right now you don't want to be sidelined and that, you know, we're still within this, you know, consolidation range above the breakout, you know, between 22.3 or 22.3 and 23.3. Yeah, you know, we're there, but you, you shouldn't also, you know, don't don't overextend yourself on leverage. You don't want to be shaken out of this move either, right? You know, you want to be able to position yourself and be able to survive, you know, the, you know, the one, two, three percent wicks. You don't want to have to sit there and sweat it and be like, oh, I've got to close this position while it's still in the range, right? Like any price action within the range shouldn't make you sweat. Yeah, exactly. Like if you, let's just think very simply, if you have one Bitcoin right now, then we return to the all-time high. You've made just about $50,000, okay? And for a lot of people, that's life-changing money, right? That's, that's $50,000. The only way you screw that up is by turning that one Bitcoin into half a Bitcoin, into a tenth of a Bitcoin, into zero Bitcoin, because you got too cute with, with leverage. So you got to develop a little bit of discipline and know when 
hey, maybe it's time just to be spot long and actually have no leverage right now. Yeah, because, you know, at, at the end of the day, a lot of this is just preparation for 2024, 2025. If you've got the cyclical mindset, you know, hey, there's a lot of potential on this run up. And I think there's a lot of money to be made with it. But at the same time, you know, 2024, 2025 is where I think the real fun happens. Yeah, I think I think everything points to that. Um, and I think we also see that in the traditional markets, too. I think it's all going to be correlated. It's going to be this kind of exuberant risk on scenario. Uh, you know, pick your reason. We're out of a recession. War's over. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Headlines aside. Like the thing is going to happen because that's what's happened the last four cycles, the last 12 years. Um, I don't, it, it's very exciting to me. I love finally being able to, <laughs> to be bullish. It's, it's, it's fun. It feels good, doesn't it, man? I like. I I have been cautiously bullish since the base range, where I'm like, okay, I, I think you know, being short here, how much more downside do you really have left? Like, better to just buy spot, accumulate, sit on your ass, do nothing, don't chop yourself within this range, wait until the impulse move, and that I mean, that's why I'm so excited again where we are right now, man, because this is. You know, I think we're truly about to, you know, get that major impulse move. I mean, if we haven't already, some people may say that we already have, you know, seen the start of that. But I think we're really going to see the start of that here in a bit whenever it does just chat up to 30K, right? And, you know, during that process, like, again, I like I, I play trending markets a lot better than I do ranges. I know there are a lot of traders out there that play ranges incredibly well, but I don't. And that's why I've been sideline for so it's fun to just be back in the game again too yeah dude i'm the same way um even though i like kind of watching all directions as far as you know P L trades and stuff like that i am a breakout trader through and through so i need a trending bull market i need two things a trending market and a bull market and it's hard there's very few times when you actually get those two things together so you know, uh, uh, my my real wins won't come in till probably 2025. But until then, it's just positioning spot long and then occasional, you know, margin trades here and there. That's how I do it. Hey, so what's your uh, what's your take on Litecoin right now? Because I know. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear it, man. I want to hear. It. Do you think you I, like because I know you're a big Litecoin guy. Like, do you think that it manifests itself into some like, you know, crazy mean bullishness with this? Because if it does. That's the signal I'm waiting for at the end of this, right? You know, if, it, if we're sitting here and it's May and Bitcoin's kind of been stuck in a range for a while and Litecoin is just, you know, freaking exploding higher, you know, sure as heck, like I am getting out of the market. Like, you know, the wolf of crypto, which a lot of people don't even know that tweet. It's kind of sad. The 2017, September 2017 tweet from the wolf of Poloniex. Um, who, when he tweeted, exit all crypto markets, and the market just, like, it was at the Pico bottom. Everything ripped from there. But, you know, I really think Litecoin ripping, like, in a stuck range higher from here for Bitcoin, that's where I would exit all markets. Um, so Litecoin is really interesting to me because it, it, it was one of the first not only to break out, we all, everyone kind of like took notice of that here, what, a month ago or so, that it was one of the first to really send it. But prior to that, it went sideways for 200, almost 250 days. 
Um, and remember, like from a technical perspective, and I know you know this, Cleo, but this is just for the benefit of people listening. The longer something's in a particular range, the more likely it is that you can believe what's happening, like the subsequent action. So the price stayed between, call it 75 and 50 bucks for almost a year, for 250 days. And here recently it's broken up. Now, that's interesting to me. The second interesting thing is I'm a big pivot guy on the macro. I love yearly pivots. Litecoin's the only thing that has broken above the pivot, come back and retested it, and then made a new high after that. So it's, it's showing a lot of strength. It's showing a lot of interest from the market. But the third thing, and I think it's worth pointing out, is the Litecoin Bitcoin pair kind of looks like trash. So how do you kind of like compress all those things into into one cocktail? To me, that says that Bitcoin's going to outperform, but that the dollar pair is bullish. So there is, you know, new fiat interest in Litecoin that is something you should take note of. Uh, but more than likely, Bitcoin will outperform it in in the short to medium term. Interesting stuff, man. Yeah, you know, I, I won't lie. Like I was I had a moment there in December where I was kind of bullish on Litecoin, but I think I was bullish at the Pico top as far as the Bitcoin pair is concerned. Because it double topped there, right? And like it's back down to you know, I I agree with you, man. I think I think the pair right now kind of just looks a little bit like trash, but I wanted to see if you saw something that I didn't. No, the the only thing that's that's really you know noteworthy is the fact that this downtrend on the Bitcoin pair going back, I guess starting in like 2021 and then concluding in June 2022 that that broke up and and there's been like this kind of crazy reaction from there. It, to me, when I look at the Bitcoin pair, that looks like something where I've kind of missed the move, and and like we were talking about on the Bitcoin trade. Now I need I need to find an edge somewhere and I haven't found it. Maybe it's out there. Maybe somebody smarter than me has found it. But, I, you know, as far as like breaking a downtrend or going sideways and then and then finally breaking up, like I need something like that uh, to, to really give me confidence to move some of my Bitcoin trade stack over in, into Litecoin. Um, but but for now, I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Well, hey, you know, one thing that I realized, I don't think that we've touched on, but I, you know, I'm looking through the audience. We've got a lot of, you know, people out there with JPEGs for PFPs. So would you mind walking through why you think it's important to look at the Bitcoin pair, why that's still relevant for a bunch of these altcoins? Yeah. Um, so let's take it back to the, the days before, uh, like the JPEG traders right so before nfts um there have always been altcoins no matter where we are in the cycle there's always been an altcoin altcoin just just being kind of a catch-all term for not bitcoin anything other than bitcoin um and and going back to the first cycle there's there's all kinds of stuff name coin and you know whatever there's master feather coin feather <laughs> yeah denta coin you know dentists on the blockchain and people are like oh yes that 100x long let's go so there's always been these promises of the next Bitcoin or better than Bitcoin or whatever. And they've all sold off versus Bitcoin. Basically, like if you charted whatever the thing is versus Bitcoin, it's just down and to the right forever, like for 10 years. It does. There's there's occasional relief rallies and dead cat bounces, blah, blah, blah. But but on the whole, 
you know, it's just the, the, the whole history of crypto is littered with these projects that are that are just 99% down versus Bitcoin. And you've got to consider that when when you're looking at this. So how I make my, you know, like the correlation between those things and, and NFTs is treat it just like you treat any other uh, altcoin, you know, find if you're if you want to be long term, have long term exposure to say Litecoin uh, or your NFT, it should really kind of be considered the same way. Like the odds are good that this will underperform Bitcoin long term, 10, 20, 30 years. That, OK, I've made my peace with that, but I want to have fun and, and trade my NFTs. And I think it's trending up right now. So I just need to kind of like there's a dichotomy there. You can ride a bull trend and still understand the long term you know, implications of it. Um, so the, I guess the punchline is, you know, take profit aggressively. If you're a hundred X up on your, your entry, maybe take a little profit on that. Uh, and the other thing is never be trading, whether it's a, an altcoin or, or NFTs, don't trade with money you need. I, I literally in my stream last night, I've never had this happen. I've never had this happen. I had three individual people come in separately and ask, how can I make a hundred dollars a day, day trading? either NFTs or alts. And I was like, I was flabbergasted. This is not the time to be even considering stuff like that. Like you, sh you shouldn't. Bro, what don't about the put... TikTok videos though? Um, yeah, well, I'm sure it gets likes and hits and, you know, the algorithms love <laughs> I mean, it. There are but, TikTok videos yeah. out there that say it's just as easy as, you know, 1% a day for however many days to become a millionaire. Yeah, I, I we had somebody, <laughs> I was in a space, somebody just said. Just got to be perfect. You just got to be perfect. Somebody said, well, my last 10 trades averaged 50% each. And somebody like was real quiet and then responded, wait, so if that continues for another 10 days, you'll be a billionaire. It's like, come on, man. Like be, be real. That's not how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying it, like your, your context for it. So what, what I was kind of getting at, even, you know, not necessarily even touching on the NFT side of it, but just touching for the NFT people, why looking at the altcoin pairs versus BTC is important. You know, e even back in the day, right? Like we didn't trade any alts versus USD. That just didn't happen until 2020. Um, it was, you know, except for ETH, like ETH, Litecoin, basically whatever was on Coinbase, which Coinbase only had Bitcoin, ETH and Litecoin at the time, Right. So no alts were traded versus USD. They were all traded versus BTC. BTC is the king of this market, right? As Bitcoin goes, the rest of the market goes with it. So when you're looking at the king, you know, the, basically the rudder of the ship, you want to see, okay, can I outpace this or can I not? What direction is it turning? And, you know, is what I'm in, like, is it going to go against the current, with the current? Like, what exactly can I do to optimize um, you know, optimize my trade here. Yeah. And, and I'll give you a great example of that. Um, it, Doge, Doge in the last bear market, if, if you had watched the Bitcoin pair of Doge, it's like a, it's like a heartbeat, you know, sensor you'd see at a hospital. It just kind of goes up and down and up and down, but it's, it's like effectively to the right, 90 degrees to the right. Um, so there became this pattern where you're like, oh, well, if it gets to this level, you can make an entry. And then sub 20 sets, baby. Yeah, sub 20 sets, sell above 100, rinse and repeat. You know, you, you make a, a fortune doing that. Well, you know, that that actually was a move that I was I was lucky enough to catch. So I bought sub 20 sets um, and then it it exploded. Now, I didn't catch the Pico top because I had no idea it would go as, hard, as high as it did. I think I got maybe let's call it. 
40% of the move, and that's probably being generous, maybe 30%. But that's still a way to use the Bitcoin pair chart, you know, see an entry opportunity, put a little at risk, take profit and move on. It doesn't mean I think, you know, Doge is going to be the next Bitcoin or anything like that. Yeah, you know, you're right. Like, the, the Doge trade was a great one until it wasn't because I did the exact same thing, man. Like, I rode Doge up all the way to, I think, 120 sats. And I completely dumped the bag at that point. And I think at 120 sats, it was still less than two pennies. And I completely fumbled my Doge bag before it just kept ripping up to a dime. So that would hurt. Um, so, yeah, you know, there are times where some of these trends and some of these rules, you know, the rules are broken and it can happen. You know, things can go against it. But, you know, referring to what you're talking about, like it still led to a good trade. It still led to a solid, you know, solid multiple from it. Um, and, and, you know, hey, speaking of that, it's one of those things where, hey, that was a meme bag that ended up rallying. It did really well. You know, it spoke to the Elon meme culture side of things. And there are some bags, you know, I, I know you said the majority are always down to the right, but there are some bags, you know, you can look at ETH, you can look at Doge, you can even look at some of the ones from this last cycle that are not always down and to the right, right? Like there are some exceptions to that rule. That's fair. I, I recognize that I'm speaking with the tone of a Bitcoin maxi because I kind of am. Um, so I, yes, you're right. There, there are some out there. I have just kind of swallowed this this pill. I've, I've reached this acceptance where I'm like, okay, I am not smart enough to pick what will outperform Bitcoin, like in the long run, in the long run. I'm just not. So, it, you know, from accepting that comma, now let's see how we can make a little bit of money in the short term. And, I'll, you know, my long term bag will forever be Bitcoin. That's just my, you know, personal perspective. No, I feel that, man. I mean, and again, that was the mindset of everybody on crypto Twitter back in the day. I'm telling you, that's why people laughed at you whenever you said, oh, I'm going to try to, you know, whenever you charted something back to USD, people laughed at you because everybody's goal with trading alts was to stack more Bitcoin back in the day, right? Like you don't see that mantra quite as much anymore. Um, I think people are just profit maxis. And there's some people with these different niche communities that have sprung up that like, I mean, Bitcoin is a foreign language to them. But like that was always the rule of thumb, you know, realistically until the past couple of years. Yeah, um, I've actually seen more and more. So part of what my my live streams are is is I'll TA anything people just throw at me because it's fun for me. I like looking at a, a completely, you know, blank chart and trying to figure out what's going on and then checking it back, you know, a week later or whatever and seeing how it worked out. So I've noticed more and more that as people th they throw me these things I've never heard QRL and, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay, and I'll pull it up and there'll only be a USD option uh, or a, you know, a Euro mm -hmm. option or something. There's no Bitcoin pairs. And I've, I've noticed that more and more. It's actually really frustrating for somebody like me. Well, it's tough though, too, because I mean, if you're thinking about it from that, like a lot of the shit coins that people will have you trade, especially the smaller market caps, they'll be traded on DEXs. So they'll have an ETH pair, I guess a wheat pair that you can go back and track. But yeah, none of those are going to like at a certain point, a lot of these coins that are out here aren't traded on the major centralized exchanges. So you don't really have the option of being able to go back and trade to USD, I guess, unless you, or US, uh, BTC, I should say, unless you back calculate. Yeah, that's actually, that reminds me of a bit of alpha for the group here. Um, if you see a certain coin, like an altcoin, you got your eye on it, it's up 10%, it's up 100%. 
you're like, man, should I buy it? It's up 500%. And then it finally shows up on Coinbase where you happen to have some money. Pro tip, don't buy it. This, that's where coins go to top out. Like you're Somebody the else knew about it before you. 100%. And it's probably Coinbase themselves building the bag. I'm convinced yeah. at this point. Yeah, somebody front ran you. There's no alpha left in that. Like, you're right. Coins go to coin, which it's funny because there was a period of time where, dude, you remember that was the most bullish narrative for any coin. Everybody would be like, there's a rumor that, you know, whatever, whatever is going to be listed on Coinbase. And everybody's ears would perk up and that would be the uh, the signal that, oh, shit, like, you know, we might want to consider gig-alonging this here because, hey, you know, that Coinbase money might be flooding into it. But then you started to get Coinbase, you know, listing like, you know, freaking box top coins and whatever the heck was out there. I, I forget. There were just some ridiculous ones that they put out there that didn't make sense. Like literally they, yeah. they list just about anything now and every single one, you know, they, they had a cycle where, you know, and Kobe called them out on it where he caught obvious, obvious insider trading. And those guys definitely bit the bullet because they got caught and they're serving time for it. But that doesn't mean that there's not somebody else involved with the coin or somewhere else in the deal with a lot of these things that, you know, news gets out on this shit. If it's getting listed on Coinbase, it's dead. Yeah, between that kind of stuff and uh, all the McAfee bots, if you remember that from, what was it, like a cycle ago? Like, I just gave up on any kind of news front running. Like, you just, by the time you even see it hit the headlines, the bots have already, you know, pumped it 100%. And by the time you click buy, you're just cashing them out. That's how I saw it. Dude, I had one of my best trades back in that last alt cycle. I had a couple Bitcoin that I put into Humanic in January of 18. Um, literally about 30 minutes before McAfee tweeted. So it probably looked like I front ran that. Um, because, you know, back then, a lot of these, again, you were trading spot. You weren't trading in like on a smaller market cap. I mean, 2BTC was a decent chunk in the wall for it and then you know half an hour later it just starts ripping and i'm like what the hell is happening right now and i go and i look and i have a notification that mccaffey tweeted freaking nailed that man like and you know i ended up flipping that into a q-tone bag that did decent but then got shaken out because i I got greedy and wanted to go somewhere else with it but like i one time and one time only beat out the mccaffey bots and the mccaffey tweet totally by accident huh totally, totally. No. I... <laughs> yeah i had this i had this backdoor connection with janice yeah right. um so you know you mentioned the coinbase stuff i remember they put out this tweet they're very proud like you could see they're puffing their chest out they're like we have we're announcing the arrival of these five new coins and it's like you said it was like everyone looked around like what what are these and i remember i quote tweeted them and i was like bro, what are we even doing right now? Like, there's so many, there's like 30 or 40 things above these on the market cap, on coin market cap. And and this is what you want to put on. And next thing I know, the the CFO of Coinbase followed me and I tried to like engage and talk to him and DM him and stuff and they would never respond. But it was like, it was almost like, hey, we're watching you guy. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a couple other old, like the other one, the conferences used to be a big deal because we had that one time, literally one time in May of 2017, 
that everything went off whenever uh, consensus happened, right? It was like late May of 2017, you had the consensus weekend pump of all these altcoins. So then the next year in 2018, when it was the middle of the bear market, everybody's bags were down so bad. Everybody was just like, man, consensus is around the corner, bro. Like, keep your chin up. These bags are going to turn around. We got the consensus pump coming. And then consensus got there. And I just remember everything dumping off even worse. And I think that's been a rule of thumb basically ever since then. Yeah, nobody even wants to take a risk on it anymore. I, I, you know what? It's, you remember when Bitcoin broke down from 6K? It bounced on 6K for a straight year, and then it finally broke down. I, I was at a conference, and I remember going around. Um, it was the one in New York. Uh, it may have been consensus. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, they, Grayscale had these sheets out on their little come in, you know, their meet and greet table. And they, I guess by law, they had to print their gains for the year. And so it was like it was at the end of 2018. And they're, they have all these printed, you know, laminated things sitting out. And it was like Bitcoin um, option minus 80%. It was like the Litecoin option minus 90%. And it was like, this can't be real. I picked one up and I don't think I have it anymore. But if I find it, I'll tweet it out because it was hilarious. Oh, you've got to, man. I mean, so, okay. Yeah, there was the consensus, which again, with that, like, can you think of any conference that's happened recently that's been a bullish conference for the market any overhyped anything like i can't no no shot nothing like bitcoin I... conferences have been a staple as far as sell-offs um I, I swear every conference that i've gone to recently has been some type of local top <laughs> yeah and it's usually when sailor's saying he's he's making a new entry and then everyone's like oh crap and they go close their longs because <laughs> he's got like the worst track record for that yeah, that's going to be my rule of thumb. Next conference I go to, I'm just going to enter a short and whatever, you know, like whatever's out there. I'm like, just short it going into it and sit back, wait, be happy, pay for your trip. Um, because inevitably, whatever that shit is, it's going to go down. Um, well, so you, you bring up a good point, though. And it's like, I wonder if because the momentum of the market is changing, right? Like we saw that that falling wedge, we're breaking out, we're like 10 days into the breakout. I wonder if if the market tries to sell off on something like that and it fails. And for like the first time we see the, you know, okay, we all kind of know what's going to happen. You know, the, the thing happens and then market, money uh, number goes down and everyone's kind of in agreement and then the thing happens but number doesn't go down uh, that would be kind of a cool you know just a, another way of saying oh, okay this market's actually turning around things are actually getting better you know it would be but what is what's the next big event like as far like the bitcoin conference is in what april again um there's and... a number i somebody said there's like 30 different crypto events this year so i don't yeah, but i don't I, know I believe it i mean heck there are probably the more than 30 but you know as far as like the major namesakes like you know the bitcoin conference is a big one and i'm looking at that bro honestly like if it's in april april's probably around the timeline i'm looking for everything to be topped out anyway yeah like like i was saying before there's the old you know sell in may and walk away and we, I think it was what in 2018 didn't rally into like May or June. I mean, so yeah, that's probably a really good time to take profit. And, and if we're anywhere near these key levels you and I are looking at, I think we'll all kind of be in agreement that yeah, that's probably all she wrote, at least for a few months. Sorry, I didn't realize I was muted. 
Yeah, you know, so again, there are a lot of things like that to look look forward to. But, you know, I, I want to pivot a little bit real quick. So, you know, we're talking about we're bullish on Bitcoin, a little bit skeptical of alts. Um, you know, personally, I, I know this may sound insane and it may sound contradictory. I'm actually bullish still on altcoins with pictures. I think, especially if you're looking at it from the charting perspective, there are a lot of decent setups. I'm curious, you know, what will it take for you to be red-pilled into trading NFTs? Oh, man. You know what? I've asked myself this, and it's it's actually really sad because I'll look at a setup and be like, huh, I could 10x on that, um, you know, if, if it plays out like, like it might. And then there's a part of my brain that's like, meh. All right. Well, what's over here? And I don't, I don't know what it'll take to like, to change that outlook, uh, to, to like become interested. And what's funny is I'll, I'll ask people in my chat what they think. And apparently a lot of people feel the same way. It just, they just don't click with it for one reason or another. And it's not like a hatred. It's just like pure, like, eh. it's like watching Doge pump. Like, that's cool. And I'm glad people made money on it, but I'm not going to go chase it. You know what I mean? You know, okay, fair enough. So, like, I, I don't know. The way that I look at it is kind of like what you said. With watching Doge Pump, it, like, it's pretty easy to recognize, I think, the power of memes and the power of, you know, community also. Because you looked at it, Doge was a really community-driven rally, like, around Elon at the center so I think there are a lot of parallels as far as what can make something successful. But what I think is also incredibly interesting about it, you've got parallels to the crypto market, obviously, but you also have parallels to the collecting market. And if you look at collectibles and what they've done, you know, the right collectibles are up and to the right. Um, you know, it's true. Like if you have a good artist, you know, physical art, you're like, you know, those good artists, like their works, unless they do something to really, you know, taint their name or, you know, ruin their collection, the majority of those work pieces go up into the right. And, you know, like the, the trading cards and other things like that. So that's why I think you get a little bit of a difference as far as the way to kind of approach and analyze the market. And I still think that you can use TA to do it, but that's why I think that, you know, you can have alts like, you know, the regular alts go down and alts of pictures still do something else because I still think it's early enough that, you know, some of these solid projects, when you're looking at it from the collector perspective, like there are only so many people involved in crypto right now and only so many pieces in each one of these collections. So like, you know, I... I, I'm not necessarily here saying that I think there's going to be this massive NFT run like we saw the last cycle where every single thing pops off. But I do think that there, you know, there's going to be a flight to quality where a lot of these quality projects could potentially keep running even while Bitcoin runs. Well, did you hear Nick, uh, Nick Bax, you know, when we were on that, that space yesterday with him and he was telling us about all the, the hackers and stuff. And he goes, oh, yeah, you and I met on Bitcoin Talk but you don't like it. Like you like collectibles, but you don't like NFTs. It, it was just like flabbergasted. Um, and, and yeah, and I'll, I'll eat crow right here in front of everybody. If, if, if I had the chance to make a bet back in 2020, that NFTs would not be here come 2023, I'd have mortgaged my house and bet it all. and been like, this is a, like just a little, a blip in the pan, a little fad, whatever. 
you know, but there's still million dollar NFTs out there. And that shows I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. You know, so again, the way I'm looking at it, man, I just think that that part of the cycle, we're going to have fun in certain parts of it, right? Like, like I said, I think flight to quality this year. But I really, I'm looking at it like alts in 2017, 2018, right? You know, if you were a Bitcoiner in 2017, 2018, you saw a lot of alts have this incredible run up and a lot of expansion. And then, you know, like obviously a lot died off during the next bear market. But if you use that as justification that, okay, a lot of these alts have died off, that means nothing's ever going to come back. Then you were completely sidelined for some massive plays, whether it's DeFi, L1s, whatever else this last bull market, right? You know, they came back and they pulled off multiples at higher market caps that nobody expected they could. And they made the 2017-18 run look like a blip on the radar. So I really, you know, I'm looking at it from the same perspective as far as the evolution of the technology in this space, potential to go viral, et cetera, right? Like digital collectibles are a lot easier to understand than some type of digital coin you know, for people as far as, oh, what am I going to do with the coin? You know, people struggle to comprehend that. But a digital collectible, I think it's a little bit easier to, and I think it's one of those things too, that maybe when you experience it, you start to understand why, but it's a little bit easier to resonate with. So like, those are kind of the things that I'm looking at as far as what the catalyst will be. But I think that NFTs this next cycle are going to be like what, you know, we saw the growth in altcoins were this last cycle. Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've just realized that when there's a new sector or a new genre, like like DeFi uh, or NFTs, and I know I, that's that's like a very broad brush. But I for me, I realize about myself that I have a hard time being able to predict, you know, where those things might go. And so I like I really slept on DeFi. I really slept on NFTs. But that doesn't mean I know they're going to go to zero. It just means I have no like I, I don't have anything to really put my hands around. And so I would rather stay away. Like I'm kind of more risk adverse, I guess, in that way. If I don't really understand it or think I have my, my arms around it, I'm, I'd rather you know stay away from it. That's just me, though. So would you consider trading them, I guess, like when a perps market emerges? Because I like I'm positive there's enough. There's enough money there that can be made from it that if somebody can figure out how to do it efficiently, that somebody is going to figure out how to do it efficiently. So I'm curious, at that point, will you do it? Basically kind of ignore the spot side of it and, you know, stick to trading perps. Would you be interested at that point or would you still say, yeah, you know, not really worth it to dip my toes into this market because not as familiar with kind of what makes it tick? No, I would. I, that would make me interested. So if any, any exchanges are out there listening, I, I would definitely you know, touch that because part of my reservation is, number one, trusting the chain that whatever these things are on, whether it's like Solana or uh, Ethereum or whatever, like just, just trusting the long-term viability of the chain. And then no, like number two, the custody side of it and knowing that I'm not going to lose it all. Like, um, like I, I'm blanking on his name that that just lost it from a, kind of a poison smart contractor or, or, or a um, you yeah. Know, Kevin Rose just lost yeah like right million dollars like that would be, he didn't lose everything but he lost like a good amount. Yeah, odds are good that that would be me because I'd screw something up. So, but but if I am able to within the walled garden of my exchange kind of bet on a direction, yeah, all day. That sounds interesting. 
Okay. And I'm asking you that because that's one of the things I love hearing it from your perspective where you're not really red pilled on it, right? You're a little bit more skeptical because that's part of my thesis also is that I think that the overall interest in the marketplace right now, there's this realistically crypto Twitter is just not that interested as a whole in NFTs right now. And I think that's kind of my catalyst for what really bridges the gap. Yeah, I think you may be right. And and I think you're going to see that sentiment change as like, quote, new money comes in, you know, as the next cycle comes in. I'm I'm sure you're going to get all kinds of interest across the board um, for, you know, all sorts of stuff, whether it's alts or NFTs or whatever the latest thing is, DeFi um, and things we don't even know about. Right. So I, I would like to have my toes dipped in some way, but I, I want to preserve the capital that I've you know built at the same time. Oh, 100%, man. Well, let me kick it over to BrainFart.eth. I just love saying that. Um, BrainFart.eth, what do you have, man? Yeah, hey, uh, thank you, buddy. It's always uh, good, as always, like coming up to your spaces and speak. Uh, it was like nice to hear you guys talk about like the 2017 uh, part of time where like where, where like altcoins were traded against Bitcoin. And I do remember myself back in the day, our goal was always to like, uh, whenever you're trading an altcoin, you are trading it to get more Bitcoin. Like that was the play. That was the thing that was happening, right? But now, slowly we've seen that shift like even in bit bit between it shifted from uh, bitcoin to ethereum where there were charts coming out that were being paired with ethereum and you could basically like trade with like with ethereum as well so like pretty interesting take i just wanted to know man you have like so much knowledge do you have a course or something where i can learn like some technical stuff that you have knowledge to or or like are you planning on having a course out or something like that where uh, where you like, where, where like I can eventually have like some sort of knowledge like you do. Just wanted to ask that. Jack, I think he's talking to you. I was going to say, I think he's talking to you. Fart, uh, <laughs> fart.eth. Uh, who, who are you talking to, bud? Both of you guys, because like, uh, you've been in the industry for like so long and you guys have been like, you know, like putting out, uh, content and everything like that. So I wanted to know, like, if either one of you, like, uh, is plan like if you guys do have a course or something like that, or if you're like planning, uh, I don't know about, uh, your name is like crypto Jack. Yeah. I don't know if you have a course or like Kaleo, but that is something that I want to know, like a place where I can get like solid information from people who've been in the space for like a long time would help definitely you you respond first kaleo well i'll respond by saying there are better courses than anything that i could put out that are out there um one simple place to start go check out like crypto creds pin tweet i think it's his pin tweet still um but you know he's put out a lot of solid resources um you know i i think he's done really good work with that so i point a lot of people toward that um and then you know if you finish that then you know, there, I, I think that while you're reading through that, you'll see plenty of different topics that might pique your interest. And honestly, man, Google is your best friend from there. So, you know, you can kind of start with the outline with that and go forward. But there, there are a lot of resources out there if you just spend the time looking through it. Um, Jack, what about, what do you have? Yeah, I'm, I, like when I entered the space, uh, my whole goal was to keep everything free. So all my content's free. 
Um, and, and whether it's a live stream or YouTube or whatever, uh, I, now maybe one day I build kind of like a YouTube library. I think that'd be fun. Like this is a falling wedge and then kind of like talk about it, whatever. But, uh, for now, no, I don't have any kind of like paid group thing. In fact, one of my favorite things to say is like, you should, you should like, people should be comparing me and other like folks like cred against the performance of your, of the paid group you're, you know, you're considering, um, uh, because a lot of times you're, you'll get the same or better, knowledge from people out in the out in the mix like kaleo or cred or whoever than you will from the paid group itself yeah, yeah you know i i will say that i agree with that 100 like never and i would never recommend anybody entering a paid group unless unless they have some like base understanding of some of the content themselves going into it because you want to be able to be critical of some of the material that's being put out there right you want somebody to be able to help sharpen you but I think teaching you from the ground up with a paid group, like not always the best thing. Like I said, there are just a lot of solid places you can start for free first. And, you know, if you're really getting into it and looking to take it to the next level, I mean, there are some solid paid groups out there. Like I'm not going to shill any, but like I know some people that have them that, you know, like th th there can be some solid content found from that. But, you know, it's usually a rule of thumb in this space to kind of be weary of them. Um, there have just been enough bad actors over time that have kind of bought false credibility um, to hype themselves up and, you know, really don't know what they're talking about more than the next guy. But then, but then like, there is like one thing, like, like I've started learning like the basics of TA and everything like that. Right. And then I've seen like many people say that, oh, crypto market is like still new. So the fibs and like the psychological levels or something like that, like they don't actually work with crypto because like, like it is highly manipulated, not like, you know, like Forex pairs or like NASDAQ and stuff like that. So is that, uh, is that true or, or like you can apply your knowledge on like whatever you're studying there, you can apply it on crypto as well. I mean, I'll, I'll hop in here real quick, Kaleo, just to say I, I started in crypto in 2017 for, on the technical side, right? Like charts and stuff, and then went to the traditional markets. And I have not had any issues with respect to like macro technical analysis. In fact, you know, we were we started finding confluence between the S&P and Bitcoin like at the start of 2022 just by charting the two and like lo and behold oh hey the the S&P and the Dow Jones are in distribution wow i didn't even think that that would be something we'd see but we see it you know so i i think that they they do apply across the board and you got to remember that crypto trades 24/7 um so there's a lot more like infinitely more data points, you know, down to the second tick, um, 24 seven, rather than just like over an eight hour period, like a, a traditional market. Yeah, man, I, I think that's fair, right? Like, that's one of the things that I've kind of learned with NFTs too, is that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what name you put next to a market, whatever the market is, the psychology behind looking a lot of the technicals transcends whatever the identity of that market is, right? There's a lot of opportunity. Um, I, I think, especially in markets where people don't use technicals, like that's one of the reasons why I really like NFTs, Jack, is just because I don't think there are a lot of people using that. I, I guess I take that back because there are a lot more, it's become more saturated since I've started talking about it. Um, 
but there really aren't too many people still like, especially, you know, funds and that type of stuff you're trading against, at least on a technical level when it comes to these NFTs and you're not going to get liquidated in the process, holding them while you're waiting for whatever move to happen. So, you know, like that's one of the reasons why I really like them as an opportunity, um, you know, to, Again, if I were going to look for something right now that's not Bitcoin to long, it would be a solid project within the NFT space as your kind of built-in leverage, your built-in bet, you know, for something that's speculative hedging basically against Bitcoin would be, you know, I, like that would be where I would look right now. And I know it's not traditional, but again, I think that's why like you're not competing with a bunch of these VCs that have these massive bags uh, you know, it's a lot easier to do the full due diligence of who holds what and, you know, study the wallets, go through everything. It's all transparent. You know, if you just put in the time to do it, nothing else. You can spend time pretty easy on the fundamental side. And honestly, the fundamental side works, too. Right. So when you get a combination of strong fundamentals, strong technicals, like that's what I look for in entering a trade. Um, so, yeah, you know, like that's kind of where I lie on it. But at the same time, I mean, it's. It's completely up to you. There are a lot of people that will still say, you know, there, there are people that will say different markets operate completely differently and you can't use technicals at all. I, I just disagree. Thank you. Thank you for your answer and your time. Just like one last thing I just wanted to know, how long have you been uh, trading, like per se, uh, Jack and Kaleo? Like basically how long it took you guys to get to this place where you are right now? Uh, 2017 for myself. Um, so I, I actually started in CSGO, the, the game, and I was a, a trader in that. Like I would trade skins and stuff. And uh, I had this really expensive skin and somebody wanted to buy it from me in Bitcoin. That was the rub. It was like 50 grand or no, it was like 35 grand at the time, but it had to be in Bitcoin. And it scared the hell out of me. And I had, I like had meetings with my friends and I was like, I don't know. I think this is that, like, this is what drug dealers use. And like the whole thing, like I, I was scared to death. And from there, it just was kind of a learning curve. Um, once he made that trade to me, he sent me the Bitcoin. I sent him the item. Uh, I, I had, it was like 65 Bitcoin at the time. And I think the price was like, you know, 500 bucks per Bitcoin. And I sold every single one of them. So I come from a place where like I'll, I've made many mistakes and I'm kind of out there to, to make up for my mistakes and, and try to like trade my way back to where I've lost it all. Um, but, but like over, over a long period of time. All right. All right. To those Thank you. Bitcoin. <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> one shape or another. Yeah. Like that's one thing that's you know you, you, like over over time even right now I feel like with the emergence of everything so many people fade Bitcoin Bitcoin will eventually humble everybody like it it just with enough time does go up to the right. I'll tell you something funny real quick because you're right everybody the longer you're in this space the more you you realize everyone's got a story like that. Um, I was talking to Charlie Lee and he was telling me how he had this stack of a hundred thousand Litecoin. Uh, like a hundred thousand individual Litecoin that he had mined. He had mined them all. And this was before any kind of pump or anything. And he watched price go all the way to $10. And he thought, nah, there's no way it gets any higher. And then it fell back to a dollar. And he's like, crap, I missed my opportunity. I could add a million dollars. So he's like kicking himself. 
And next thing you know, it goes back to five or six dollars. And he's like, I market sold all of them at five or six dollars. And, you know, we know from the charts and stuff. I mean, some exchanges went all the way to four hundred dollars shortly after. Um, but just just to point it out that, like, even the guys who found these coins really don't have a clue where things are, are going to go. Because sometimes we all, you know, as, as being the quote retail, we like to think, oh, there's someone out there with like shadowy super knowledge and they know exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, many times people are just kind of doing their best to guess at it. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man, like it's, it's fun. I, I think that we're going to have a lot more fun though, coming up here. And Wiz, I'm sorry that I'm not going to give you the chance here to speak because I am going to go ahead and wrap up the space for now. I'm going to do a space here in a couple hours. Um, but you know, like I, I do think that, you know, a God candles on its way one way or another, just make sure whatever position you have, that you don't get shaken out in the range that we're in. Um, you know, be a little patient for it. We'll have that, you know, we'll have that space whenever it happens. Um, but hopefully, you know, I, I really appreciate Jack. Some of the knowledge that he dropped today, really beneficial. I know for myself, everybody in the room appreciates it um i want to give one last shout out to my partner for today's space as well so rare nba um i pinned it up at the top <laughs> it's scroll through there and um it, it you know is the intersection of digital collectibles and fantasy sports so if you've never tried it out before you can sign up with that link try it out for free with the common game and you know also try out some of the uh you know, the games where the collectibles do have a value, you can save those for future years, et cetera, with the limited, rare, and unique collections. Um, so make sure to check them out. Appreciate them again. And again, just appreciate everybody up here. Um, and yeah, it's been fun. So until next time, um, aka a couple hours from now, <laughs> I will see y'all later. Later.